0: The Grade A Movies podcast is back, and uh, we're both on video and audio. My name's Larry Lannon. I write uh, film reviews for the LarryInFishers.com uh, blog, and uh, my the two gentlemen with me are writers for gradeamovies.com. dot uh, They they uh, have lots of features uh, and, and also uh, film reviews. So let's welcome back Alec Toombs, one of the A's in Grade A Movies. Uh, it's the Oscar show, so uh, I'm sure you're primed and ready to go.
1: Yes, sir. Good to see you both.
0: And uh, Adam Austin's with us again. Adam, you have a little different technical setup, uh, so uh, I'm sure your voice will sound even better. But your lighting is better, so welcome. Well, back. let
2: me know if it. If you, Larry's always good at fixing the levels in post. <laughs> so,
0: well, the audio levels, video. I'm not quite as uh, I don't pretend to be that great at. It. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to start this pot. This post. Uh, Oscar podcast with this. The TV show was very very different. Uh, there were a lot of options to the Motion Picture Academy as to how they wanted to produce this TV show. You know, they could have gone to the Dolby Theater and spaced everybody up. They chose not to do that. They went to the train station in Los Angeles, which I understand is, is a very uh artistic it's it's just a really neat place. I've never been there. But saw a couple of uh, TV pieces about that location, and I still I'm not absolutely sure why the Motion Picture Academy uh, sought out that particular venue to be the main venue. They had some other a couple of other places internationally uh, where they they went to people, but I. I've been hearing a lot of reactions to this. One reaction is it was awful. It it didn't seem like the Oscars. It didn't seem special. Others say, well, it's the pandemic era. They're trying to spread things out and be careful. Maybe it was understated, and that's what was needed at this time. And and I've heard a lot of of in between. So let's talk about the Oscars, the TV show. I'll start uh, with Alec. Uh, You saw the show. Your thoughts.
1: There were certainly elements of it I enjoyed. Uh, I'm a fan of Steven Soderbergh. It kind of had that cool Soderbergh vibe. I felt like I was in Ocean's 14 or uh, the sequel to Out of Sight. I I enjoyed Questlove spinning records in his booth. Um, I was perplexed by them switching the order of some of the awards, but overall I enjoyed the show.
0: Yeah, you know, Adam, uh, I was surprised particularly at the beginning and the end of the show. I was surprised at the beginning because, again, there was no big production because they couldn't do that kind of production at a train station like they could do at the Dolby Theater. So it did just got right into the format, right into the awards immediately after, uh, after a little bit of an opening, which was, was kind of creative and different whether you liked it or not. Um, so it, and then at the end, I, I thought I'd miss something when best picture came up and we still hadn't had the lead acting awards, uh, handed out. I thought I'd miss something. No, they just changed the order of things. So very curious about your take on this TV show, the Oscars for 2021.
2: So the TV production itself, I thought, was awful this year. And I know, let me get into this. I know it's popular to beat up on the Oscars ceremony, and I have some friends who maybe are a little more conservative who say, why would you even watch the Oscars? Meryl Streep once said something bad about Trump. Well, who cares? Okay, I like movies. If you, I've seen all the movies that are nominated. I'm the key audience that they would try to get, someone who has seen all of the movies In That have been nominated. For me, I would have been fine just looking at a press release of saying here's who won because the ceremony itself, it didn't have any of the magic that you had in the past. You have to remember, and maybe some of it isn't needed anymore. I get it. Because decades ago, the Oscars was one of the few opportunities we had to see a big-name actor outside of a movie. You didn't have... Uh, Entertainment Weekly or Perez Hilton or all of these outlets. Now we're bombarded with celebrities and actors 24 7. We find still out have what
1: Entertainment Weekly?
2: They didn't have that in the 50s, I don't think. Uh, okay. I just. But, I, uh, I, I no, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: I, I, I can vouch for that as the old guy in the crowd <laughs> that Entertainment Weekly didn't come until what the 80s, I think.
2: But if you were you, back in the day, if you wanted to see Jack Lemon, the Oscars was one of the few times, except for maybe if he was on the, I don't know what was, it, the Jack Carson Show. or yeah. something. <laughs> whatever it was back then. So the Oscars was a big deal. It was the brightest stars of the screen. You got to see them. They joked. They were all together in the same room. And uh, it was special. And maybe it doesn't need to be special anymore, but it seems like they've kind of given up. A year ago, when Kevin Hart was kicked out of being the Oscar host for some jokes that were wrong, but he made them as a young man and he apologized for them, and I don't think anyone was really that offended because Kevin Hart didn't seem like a hateful person. He was kicked out of being the host, and the Oscars decided, well, we're going to have no host. And this year, they went the same way. And I get it. It does save a lot of time because the host – having to introduce the presenters who then introduce the nominees. It does take up a lot of time. And uh, when you talk about a three or four hour runtime, yeah, that, that's a lot. But they've stripped it of everything there. They didn't have any of the sketches, the live musical numbers, all those things that made it special. It wasn't until maybe in the last hour that they had Howry Howery uh, from uh, Get Out and Godzilla versus Kong Uh, make some jokes with uh, Meryl Streep, and and that livened things up. I said, man, he should have hosted the whole thing. He had some personality. But most of the proceedings, that first hour, they were just knocking through nominees. Best Director was done before 9 p.m. It was insane.
1: That in-memoriam reel was like on the quick like I in was, memoriam, like, I thought was
2: disrespectfully.
1: Queer. Yeah, it, it seemed like they were going to the beat of the Stevie Wonder song. I'm like, like yo, I need a minute. I need to know who that is. And they, were I calling. could not read it that fast.
0: <laughs> well, let me just chime in a little bit for me. I I think you can make arguments both ways. I actually think this might have been the Oscars we needed for the post pandemic era. Uh, I think the 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 decision was made not to make it a big production. It obviously could have been. They could have gone to the Dolby Theater. They could have spaced people out. There were other ways that this could have been done. This was done in the train station in LA for a reason. It's like, okay, we know this has been a tough time for America. Let's all just scale everything down and just give you the Oscars Uh, at least this year. But, Uh, But I wonder how many of them have been vaccinated. They said everyone was. That okay. was a, that was so, said at the beginning. So
2: there's no medical reason for, for doing it. It's just uh, for
0: show. I think it no, I don't think there was a medical reason. I think there was a, a, a message reason. That was I mean you could say it's right or wrong. I think that was the I reason. think it was
2: the wrong message. I think coming out of the pandemic, movies have had a tough year. We wanna get back to the movies. We wanna get back to normal. Everyone here's been vaccinated. So let's do the show. Instead they're like No, we'll just, you know, you're invited to this private get-together. It feels like we're witnessing a political fundraiser. Uh, There was no real politics, but the vibe of, like, private, small gathering that this isn't meant for you, the viewers. This is meant for the people in the room, and you are privileged to be able to watch it. That's how it felt.
0: Alec, you have something.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was political. Granted, most of the political things they said on the show, I, I echo and agree with. Um, It did leave a bad taste in my mouth that they uh, opened the show with Regina King, whose movie they pretty much totally dissed. No, No Best Picture nomination for her, no Best Director nomination for her. It was one of the best movies of last year, and now they're having her start the show. She deserved better.
0: Well, next year, they'll be at the Dolby Theater, as I understand the plans. Uh, maybe they'll go back to having a host. But I will say one thing, that the, the procedure was done a little after 11 o'clock. That's the earliest I can remember an Oscars being done. So in that sense, uh, as Adam said, they scaled down the production and, and scaled down some of the big production numbers and jokes and all that. So whether, whether that's a good or a bad idea that debate will continue. I think we'll have a more normal Oscar so, next year and we can compare the two. Alex, I
2: got or, a few I, more Alec, things. Was,
0: Adam has more things. All right. First,
2: the Oscars has always had a problem with inclusivity. Uh, it has, there was the Oscar. So white hashtag a couple years ago, which actually then I thought was unfair because, uh, I think it was Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, who kind of launched that after her husband, Will Smith wasn't nominated for concussion. He wasn't that good. um, but, Tell the truth. <laughs> but there, but you. After this ceremony, I don't know. It was. It felt like the ceremony itself was trying to celebrate diversity. Hey, let's give um, Tyler Perry an award. Let's have a lot of the presenters be people of color. Let's everyone mention diversity, but we won't actually give them the awards or give them the nominations. You get to be in the room with us. You get to be in the room where it happens but we are still having 83-year-old Anthony Hopkins take the award away from Chadwick Boseman, a hero in the black community. We'll we'll get to that. I'm going to get into that. We'll get to that in a moment. But part Mm -hmm. of this, you're saying part of the ceremony itself, they changed it so the best picture didn't come last. It always comes last. And they decided to go with the best actress and best actor, which was very anticlimactic from a TV show perspective, regardless of who you wanted to win. You have Frances McDormand, who now has the most Oscars of any living actress. Uh, She has three acting Oscars and a producing Oscar for Nomadland. She's been there before. She gets up and says, hey, thanks. I appreciate this. Boom, gone. Nothing exciting about that speech. Now
0: you're getting ahead of us here.
2: Then you ended on Best Actor, and it was a huge, we'll get into why, but it was a, from a TV producer perspective, anticlimactic letdown.
0: All right, let's... Let's. <laughs> let's uh, well, we're certainly having a lively discussion today. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with instead of end. We didn't end with best picture at the ceremony. We're going to start with Beck, best picture in this podcast. This was no big surprise to me. I think you all, both of you and anyone listening or watching will know that I really feel Nomadland was an inc- incredibly uh, transformative picture and and deserved best picture it did get that there were some there were some good films uh, that were also nominated so um alec uh did Land deserve the best picture award
1: i'm not upset that it won it wasn't the movie i was rooting for um but it was a good movie i'm not upset to, to have seen it win
0: so remind us which film you were rooting for i,
1: I was pulling for promising young woman it was the movie i uh Attach my trailer to this year. That's that's my movie. It's been my favorite movie of 2020 since I saw it. It remains my favorite movie of 2020.
0: And you know something, uh, Adam, I, I do think that uh, Nomadland deserved the Oscar, uh, and I think you more or less have said that too, but there were other really good films in the running.
2: Yeah, I, you could feel there was this momentum building for The Father, which a lot of us saw late. It didn't come into... Uh, theaters here. I think it was the last of all the Oscar-nominated movies that we were available to watch. Uh, And I I believe, I don't know if you've seen it, Larry, but me and Alec both really enjoyed it. Um, I think maybe some of it might be that some people saw that one more recently than the other films. So there was this freshness in their mind, and you could fulfill there was a little momentum building for that film, which you'll see with some of the other winners, it won uh, a couple things that were a surprise. But Nomadland was still the hands-on favorite, and with good reason. It was, um, even if it wasn't your favorite movie of the year, you have to admit it was one of the best movies of the year.
0: And and let's just go to the biggest uh, surprise of the night, I think, was the actor in a leading role. Everybody... That is, uh, anybody who keeps track of what's happening uh, in Hollywood, and particularly with the Motion Picture Academy, all thought this was Chadwick Boseman's Oscar to uh, receive posthumously, and yet, Anthony Hopkins wins for the father. I'm going to just make a comment that I think may have had a, a, an impact on this because I've been reading a lot about the makeup of the Motion Picture Academy for many many years it's been head, it's really been concentrated in southern california even people who retire from the industry and are still members of the academy tend to live in southern california and all the marketing that the uh, producers and, uh, and the movie industry would try to do for the oscars tended to be concentrated there but i'm hearing that not only is it younger but it's more worldwide. There are more movie makers and film people worldwide who are now being accepted into the Academy. And I wonder, and I'm going to ask Adam to start this, I wonder whether Anthony Hopkins winning this Oscar for actor in a leading role for the father is a recognition by people uh, kind of in the middle, upper range of age who have so many of their parents they're taking care of and and because people are generally living longer, people with dementia, there are more people with dementia with the same problem that this role that uh, Anthony Hopkins played in The Father. Do you think maybe this, that's, sometimes that reflects what's happening in society and in the world? Is this more of a social comment? Uh, I know Anthony Hopkins certainly deserved this from everything I've seen. I've not seen that film yet because I've had too many other things going on in my life when that thing came out. But uh, I'm asking you, do you think this was, not just anthony hopkins and in his uh and his performance by the way he's now the oldest person to ever win an oscar at 83 but i'm curious whether you think this might be a, a even a tangentially a uh, maybe a social comment as well
2: so i think a lot of times um i think the reason that anthony hopkins won uh is because and you may hear some dogs in the background but at least with the microphone is hopefully not picking up as much as in the past um I think people assumed Chadwick Boseman was going to win. He won at almost every award show leading up to then. Uh, I think he won the, the Golden Globes, SAG Awards, all those. And so I think a lot of Oscar voters said, well, Chadwick's going to win. So, I'll, you know, I'll just vote for Anthony Hopkins. You know, we know him. We like him. There was no really lobbying. Usually when somebody has an award push, they're nominated they're going on talk shows. They're talking about their movie. They're marketing themselves. Um, there was really none of that, especially for Anthony Hopkins or Chadwick Boseman. Anthony Hopkins is 83 years old, the oldest acting Oscar winner, uh, I think in a lead role. I don't know if ever, but um, and Chadwick Bozeman obviously passed away. But um, I think that might have been the reason. You're right. Maybe it's more European. Maybe some of that might have played a factor. I know that, the play The Father was a big hit in Europe. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's anti-American sentiment. Who knows?
0: Well, it sounds like your dogs were rooting for Chadwick Boseman, So
2: <laughs> Well, I got more about why
1: Chadwick should win, but I'll let Alec go before yeah, but, I get in my rant. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, another Adam rant is on the way, but before, here's Alec.
1: I kind of want to hear his rant, but I will talk for a minute. Um, I, I, I really thought highly of Anthony Hopkins's performance in The Father. It's a good movie, and it's a good performance from him. As good as Hopkins was, in my opinion, Chadwick Boseman was better. There were two monologues in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom that he just knocked out of the park. Um, I think he blew Viola Davis off the screen. I thought he deserved this award. I was kind of disappointed he didn't get it, but I also, as much as I love movies and I enjoy the Oscars, I don't take them very seriously. After Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan 20-some-odd years ago, kind of let the air out of the balloon. I don't care as much now.
0: Okay, um, that that was your version of a rant. The only thing I'll say is that the reason I thought Chadwick Boseman would win this Oscar is not just because of his performance, and Alec, I think, described it well. The fact that he was in the latter stages of terminal cancer while filming that movie to me, showed what tremendous talent he had, and that's why I thought he he should have won. But uh, let's go with Adam's rant here for a moment.
1: I think he needs just a second. We can. Oh, we I can think beat. Adam
0: has to go away. Oh my goodness! I, I let me ask this, Alec. Uh, when you look at the entire lineup of, of of actor in a leading role, you know, I I they're all very good. I actually want thought the Dark Horse was not. Anthony Hopkins. I thought it would have been Gary Oldman for Mank. It's a film I think I liked better than a lot of other reviewers did. But
1: uh, uh, well, this is why the category is so stacked because my dark horse probably would have been rez Ahmed from Sound of the Meadow, who I thought was also brilliant.
0: Okay, I think uh, I think Adam squared away. Now we're ready for your rant, Adam.
2: All right. So in the past, we've honored a- actors for gaining or losing weight for roles. Uh, Matthew McConaughey famously lost a bunch of role for Dallas Buyers Club and he was great and they or uh, Charlize Theron oh she had some makeup and she gained some weight for monster let's give her an Oscar Chadwick Boseman was literally losing weight because he was dying of cancer while he was doing this role and he did a fantastic job acting wise. He was over. People want to brag about Francis McDormand living in a van with some people while filming Nomad Land. That's great. Chadwick Bozeman was dying and he gave an amazing performance. And guess what? It Maybe it's sentimental, but he also was probably one of the best actors. So mm-hmm. if you have sentimental and you have acting quality, I don't understand Anthony Hopkins getting it. Anthony, I went through his filmology, you know. He is filmography. He's one of my favorite actors, but he has not... Besides maybe the two popes a couple years ago, he hasn't done many good movies in about
0: 20 years. Well, he is getting older. I mean, we, you know, we have to understand he doesn't work as much as he used to, and that's part of the reason why. I didn't why. think
2: he was that impressive in the role, just in this. He he did a great job. He acted. But did he embody a character
0: I like thought Chadwick he, Boseman I, I, did? I thought, I thought he was... Uh, uh, ex- Hopkins was excellent in Two Popes. I thought he really made yeah, he was something there. Uh, so I think the, the the consensus is Hopkins was good, but you know Chadwick Boseman probably deserved the Oscar, and it wasn't just because it would have been posthumous. Uh, all, but the let's factors. talk
2: about how it was done too. So let's so you have they said let's move Best Actor to the end of the night. I assume the reason they did that is they thought well Chadwick's going to win, and they probably had this big. Uh, thing to honor him at the end and that was a great way to end the night and it would have made everyone feel great and then you have joaquin phoenix who was not very interested in the hosting job he gets up there he's like i'm supposed to say something but uh you know i don't really act i just you know, I I, well, these guys were good. Here, here are the nominees, and then he just lists it and he goes, Yeah, Anthony Hopkins won. He's not here. Good night, everybody. Turn off your TV. So, this <laughs> is so, so,
0: this is news. This is news that uh, Joaquin Phoenix can be understated at times. <laughs> i mean that, i think that's his job isn't it half the time
2: but it was the he'd... biggest anticlimactic thud of an end for a ceremony yeah, yeah i that's... wish he'd come
1: out and rap the nominations like i'm still or i'm what's the movie i'm still here yeah the, the, the one that casey affleck, did affleck, affleck yeah. yeah bring back the rap that would have been way more entertaining <laughs> than what happened at the end of that show the show was like a big wet fart to end it was terrible
2: Anthony Hopkins probably didn't know that he won until this morning. He was
1: asleep. He was at home in bed. I promise you.
0: Well, let's move on from that (laughs) and talk about uh, what was not a big surprise. That was Francis McDormand winning an actress in a leading role. And it's already been mentioned here, but I think it's worth saying here that Francis McDormand was the one person who spoke and said out loud, everybody if you haven't seen these films in a movie theater, see it. See Nomadland in a movie theater on a biggest screen, the biggest screen you can find. Uh, she was the only one that said, go back to the movies. It's time to go back. I think that was a good message. Uh, so I'm just going to ask uh, Alec to tell me about Frances McDormand. I think she earned it. There were some great performances in the uh, nominees here. Any one of them could have deserved it. But I, I do think Frances McDormand was just a, a, a slight cut above the other uh, performances. Your thoughts, Alec?
1: It was a good category. All five of the ladies were, were worthy of the award. There's even some, some ladies who weren't nominated. Uh, I'm thinking of Rosamund Pike and I care a lot, uh, who I would have liked to have seen nominated in the category as well. Uh, I personally was rooting for Carrie Mulligan. She doesn't have an Oscar unlike, uh, Viola Davis and, uh, Francis McDormand, but, uh, I think she will get hers. Somewhere down the line, I wasn't upset about Francis McDormand winning. I thought Viola Davis had a shot, but um, yeah, Francis McDormand's one of our best actors.
0: Okay, Adam, thoughts on Francis McDormand's win?
1: I agree with
2: Alec. Uh, I was I would have liked to see Carrie Mulligan or you know even Andra Day, who I don't know if she's going to have the most amazing film career or was this just a, a debut fluke, but she was very good in uh, The United States versus uh, Billie Holiday. Um, can't get mad about Francis McDormand winning. She earned it, but sometimes it's fun to see a new person win. Same with Anthony Hopkins. He already had one. All right. I'm done with that.
0: Okay. Before we get to another rant, I want to talk about cinematography because I just, it's, it's a technical award, but I like that because that's the overall look of a film. That's the professional cinematographer. And, and I do think that the look and, and the feel of mank. Do you going back to several different decades, I thought was done masterfully. I like the choice of Mank for cinematography. Uh, what do you think, Adam?
2: Interesting enough, Mank won more Oscars than the movie it, it was talking about Citizen Kane. Uh, Mank was, was, was going be it was the most nominated film, and I wouldn't have been surprised if it came home empty-handed the whole night. I think Nomad Land would have been another good choice for cinematography. But, you know, Maine, it was beautiful to look at. It had great music. It had great acting. Even if you didn't like the film, there were a lot of things to respect about it, and especially
1: the cinematography.
0: So, Alec, you, you can weigh in on this one.
1: Do, we, do either of you guys know the, the name of the gentleman who won the cinematography prize?
0: Uh, yes, I do. It is Eric Messerschmidt.
1: Thank you. Which, Halle Berry kept butchering his name. Uh, <laughs> He, that dude's got a beautiful head of hair. My wife and I were kind of ogling this dude's hair. She said, he's got better beach waves than I do. Um, I thought the, the look of that movie was great. I think he needs to take a public speaking course, but who am I to talk?
0: Well, these are not public speakers, everyone, especially the people in the in, the, in the, uh, the technical categories are not public speakers, to be sure. And some of the actors and actresses who know how to act get up in front of a and we give a speech and it's like, they don't know what they're doing. We've already given a couple of examples uh, already. So, uh, so bank was, I mean, I liked the choice of bank. Land was a contender to be sure. I liked that cinematography as well, but somebody has to win. So I had no problem with this. Let me go to uh, another surprise for me. Actress in a supporting role. I genuinely thought this was going to be Glenn Close's chance and once again, she was left at the altar. She again lost out. This time to uh, uh, Yu Jung Yoon of Minari. So let me go back to to Alec. Uh, your thoughts on? Because there were a lot of good acting performances in this category. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, on Minari
1: winning? Of the two grandmas, I would have been pulling for Glenn Close personally. I did enjoy seeing her dancing to the da butt. It was very entertaining. She did a great job. Um, the lady from Minari, also very good, and I really enjoyed her speech. It was cute that she called her sons out and was talking about making money for them. Um, it's a good category. I, I'm not really disappointed either way. Well, the,
0: the the award for the strangest acceptance speech is Daniel Kaluuya. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, so <laughs> actress in a supporting role. Uh, Glenn Close, once again, uh, short. Uh, Yu, Jung Yoon is the winner from Minari. Uh, your thoughts, Adam?
2: So I can't be mad about it. As much as I wasn't as high on Minari, I thought that she gave the best performance in the movie. And if you look at the, all the people she was nominated against, they were all very good, but I don't think there was any amazing clear favorite that uh, odds on favorite. Amanda Seyfried was the best she's ever been, but she's not been in some great movies. Uh, Glenn Close, uh, has been in some amazing movies and given some amazing performances. Was this the best performance she's ever given in a movie? No, not by a long stretch. It would almost be a makeup Oscar or honoring her for her lifetime achievement for giving her this. Um, So I can't get upset. Actually, I would have rooted for Olivia Coleman in this because I thought that she was the heart of the film. The father, Anthony Hopkins was great, but I thought, Olivia Coleman was uh, fantastic and I was expecting like a, a surge for the father, which there was a little bit there, but you know what? It was fun to see her win. Um, another, I think the second, uh, Asian, uh, actress to win an Oscar. And, um, she seemed fun. She's probably not going to be, get a ton of opportunity. I, I don't want to say this, but she's probably not gonna be nominated every year like Glenn close or, you know, this may be her one chance, and uh so it 's really fun to see her get it and hearing her speech it 's hard to not be happy for her. Yeah. She seems like i 'd hang out with her
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was a nice speech and and she she did a great job in her speech, no question about it and you know you could tell English was not her first language, and she was very articulate, so it was very interesting to see that i This is one year i I did not get the opportunity to see any of the documentary full length documentary films that were uh, uh, that were nominated. I love documentary films, but just so much was going on in my life with pandemics and other things, I just never had the chance. My Octopus Teacher was the winner of that. And, and I, even though I, I, I've never seen any of the films, what I've read about and, and gleaned from what has been written about My Octopus Teacher is it's got to be a very interesting film watching someone go underwater and somehow bond with an octopus. Either one of you seen this film?
1: No, I told my wife I'd rather watch My octopusy Teacher, uh, and she said way to diminish these people's hard work and <laughs> denigrated me immediately. I, I just like Bond movies, so I was kind of interested in that. But yeah. uh, no, I haven't seen it. I've only seen Crip Camp of, of the nominees.
0: Your thoughts, Adam, if any?
2: Yeah, I haven't watched as many. I probably should. Um, but I hear it's good. I hear it's uh, kid-friendly. It's on the it's on the kids section on Netflix, too, so you can watch it with a young kid, and there's nothing inappropriate there.
0: Let me go to the next—and I was able to go to a theater and watch uh, all of the live-action short films. I thought they were all great. I would have recommended all of them that were nominated if one asked me if they should go see it. The winner was uh, Two Distant Strangers. Would not have been my choice. I'll tell you what it would have been. Two Distant Strangers, I think one because it, it, it got to this whole issue of, of police violence and, and racial disparities. And it, it, to, to give it simply, it, it's about a man who has the same dream over and over again and then figures this out and tries to find a way to change it. Basically, he meets a girl, goes home with the girl, sleeps with the girl, gets up, gets ready to, to leave because he has something to do and sees a—this a, is New York City— uh, gets out of the apartment building, has a confrontation with a police officer that ends with the police officer shooting him to death. And when that happens, the man who's having the dream wakes up and goes through it all over again. It was a kind of creative way, I guess, uh, the, to to try to deal with police shootings and that whole thing in some, enter- I wouldn't say entertaining, but a a different way anyhow. Uh, I thought it was good, but I don't, uh, the one I would have uh, would have voted for is is a film from israel called the present it was really a palestinian film it's really about just this man and his young daughter trying to go buy a present for his wife daughter's mom and something very simple you go buy a refrigerator and bring it home and just how difficult that is for a palestinian living in uh, in in israeli occupation to do that um just and and, and, and the ending was was quite creative. It was actually a, not such a bad ending. It looked like it was going in a bad direction. And an interesting thing happened at the end of the film. So have any of you had a chance to see any of the sh- live-action short films?
1: I no, have seen one. That sounds it, like it an just, interesting... Oh, I'm it, sorry, it's Interesting ahead.
2: to note, I think the winning film was produced by uh, NBA players, including Kevin Durant and... Uh, Indianapolis, uh, native Mike Conley now of the Utah jazz who played at Lawrence North high school. Uh, and IU basketball should have recruited him back in the day, but he went to Ohio state for some reason, but that's okay. We're going to start recruiting those guys again and getting them now that we have Mike Woodson. All right.
0: So we had to have an IU basketball reference before we finish this. That's okay. Adam. <laughs> that, that's not, not, that's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh The writer of that film that won uh, The Two Distant Strangers is a former writer for The Daily Show. So, uh, And that showed up. There was a little comic angle to it, but it was a very serious subject. So um, anyway, I I was able to see all those nominations, all the films, very good films. Two from the Middle East, uh, the other three an American film. It was an American film that won. I want to talk about the directing Oscar. It was one of my favorites and, and, uh, no big surprise that Chloe Zhao won that, you know, Adam, you and I talked about Chloe Zhao, what, two or three years ago with Hamlin County goes to the movies when uh, she directed the film, the writer and the writer had no, um, uh, professional actors at all. It was all people who were on this writing circuit, uh, in South Dakota. And, um, uh, it was amazing what she was able to do with those non-actors to put together a pretty interesting film, even with nobody in the film. That uh, she just basically told them to be themselves, and she put that film together. Now she's done *Nomadland*, which is a, a bit of a variation on that. She only had two, uh, I think, two professional actors. It was uh, Francis McDormand and David Strathen. Everybody else were actual nomads that were uh, the center of a non-fiction book that Chloe Zhao wrote into a screenplay, which I still think was astounding. So Chloe Zhao, the winner. Uh, I have to say, Alec, this was not a big surprise, even though there were some very good directors uh, uh, competing with her for this.
1: Uh, Zhao had it in the bag to begin with. I was really happy to see that her uh, guest for the evening was Swanky from uh, the movie. I I really enjoyed Swanky in Nomadland. It was good to see her again. Um, Again, I was pulling for Emerald Fennell, she was probably the longest shot in the category, but uh, Chloe Zhao is a very talented woman. I'm looking forward to seeing her Marvel movie, uh, hopefully later this year, Immortals. And uh, yeah, make sure I won. wasn't that upset that she won.
0: Yeah, you know, Adam, I, what Alex said is interesting. You know, she, Chloe Zhao has made two outstanding films at very low budgets. Now she's been thrown a huge budget with this Marvel film. I'm really interested to see how she does with that.
2: Yeah. I'm, you know, I think she'll be fine, but I hate to say it. I think some of the Marvel movies have an established look and feel uh, by their strong executive producer, Kevin Feige. And I think um, you can bring in an artistic director and they may get some moments here and there, as shown by James Gunn and maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's mostly going to be run by the producers and studio, but you know what? I don't blame her because you do the big budget movie, you get paid and then you get to do some more for you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I will say, you know, Emerald Fennell was really good. She had a real masterful vision. I would have liked to see Regina King nominated too. I, but I think Chloe Zhao was the clear winner. Her combination of both a narrative and a documentary style really works. Um, it's just amazing how she was able to meld that and create such realism. And of course, using um, actors like uh, Francis McDormand and David Stratham um, who know how to do realistic acting really worked. The writer was a great film, but its limitation was the fact that you had non-professional actors. It provided realism, but they weren't able to give you what Francis McDormand gives you. So I'm glad that she was able to kind of step it up a notch on her next movie And uh, if this is how it goes, she's going to continue to make amazing stuff uh, when she does her own work. Besides, I'm sure the Marvel movie will be good, but I don't, I don't know if I would consider
1: it a Chloe Zhao movie, but we'll see. Well, are you trying to tell me Brady Jandro is not the actor Francis McDormand is? I'm shocked to hear this, man.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, I have another, I just want (laughs) one more comment about this. I, I, I think that, Chloe Zhao has an opportunity to put a different angle on Marvel. Maybe she won't. Maybe Adam's right. It's just too stratified. Time will tell. I I actually think that I'm anxious to see it for that reason. And just to defend the writer here for a little bit, I was just amazed at what she was able to do with the non-professional actors. That film had its limitations, but it was still an outstanding film with no professional actors. I still think that was a masterful uh, job on her part. I don't often talk about this category but I'm going to talk about costume design. And and I thought the winner was hands down the correct winner and Roth for Ma Rainey's black bottom. I thought those costumes for that period were outstanding. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Alec. It's
1: a good winner. I, w- I wouldn't have been upset to see Mank win in the category either. Both, both movies had really beautiful costumes. I haven't seen Mulan. I'm assuming those costumes are beautiful as well, at least from the trailers I've seen. Um, Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of stock in the category, in all honesty.
0: And any thoughts from Adam on this?
2: You know, Ma Rainey had great um, makeup and costumes, and it it deserves to win. But uh, I don't get as uh, into – the, you know – if you've seen Larry, I'm not the best dressed guy in the world. So, you know, it's not like my you, costume design. I'm not a fashion design kind of person.
0: You and I have that in common, to be sure. I'm, I'm, if it weren't for our wives, I'm sure we would be a
1: Alec sure. wears some cool T-shirts. He does. I will give Alec that. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and I like your hat, by the way.
1: Thank Alec. you. I, so those, I just don't like combing my hair. That's what it boils down to. I wear a hat all the time because you know, I don't like
0: combing my hair. That, I, I've heard that too. Yeah. And, and for people who can't see, who may be listening, uh, he's got a really cool blue hat on his head. And uh, let me talk about the most interesting acceptance speech the winner of actor in a supporting role, Daniel Kaluuya, who succeeded. And it's really, he was probably fortunate that his mother and sister were in another part of the world <laughs> watching this. Because, um, you know, he embarrassed him pretty badly. Uh, and it was off sometimes, he, he, I think I knew what he was talking about. He was kind of talking in a cryptic kind of way about certain things. Uh, but Kaluuya was definitely the man who deserved to win this. There were good actors in there, maybe with one exception. But like, like, uh, like Keith Stanfield, I think. Uh, who was would. not the good actor. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know too. Uh, probably Sasha. Borat Borat, Cohen. I, I wouldn't. I mean, he was in Trial of Chicago Seven. It was a good. I thought it was a very good film. I don't think he was the strongest part of it.
2: Yeah, Just well, we theory. didn't. We didn't bring up our hate of Borat today, did we? Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it goes to the. Hey, saying. I'm with
2: you. I did, I like the first Borat a lot. I saw it twice in theaters. My dad laughed so hard the second time I took him that people were annoyed that he was laughing too loud, that he was disrupting the movie. If you've met my dad, he can be oh, a little loud when he laughs.
0: I like your dad a lot.
2: But I, I, uh, I think Borat 2, that- it was long. It was, I mean, I don't know. But I will say uh, Borat 2 did not win any awards tonight, but it did win at the Razzies. Uh, Rudy Giuliani did get his statue for worst supporting actor for, uh, for at <laughs> two. But
0: I yeah, think that, that was, was funny. That was funny. He, all,
2: other Go Razzie winners, including Sia and the, my pillow guy. So you gotta, you know, he's in good company.
0: Well, the Razzies are a tradition. I love them. They're <laughs> so funny. There was one actress that won a Razzie and an Oscar. I, I
2: Sandra Bullock, same trying, year and trying she to went. Think,
0: I was trying to think of who it was. Blindside
1: and All About Steve, I believe. And We're Glenn
2: doing. Close was nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar for the same performance this year in Hillbilly Elegy. She didn't win for either.
0: But. No, no, that's, I don't know. I, <laughs> I think that uh, <laughs> the whole thing about Borat, just to kind of put a, a, an exclamation point on that, I think it's an example of how Hollywood says, "Oh, we made money with the first one, we have to make a second one." So I'm not even sure how interested Cohen was in doing it. But he did, did you
2: laugh when they they announced their nomination for screenplay, and it took like 10 minutes to announce like the seven different writers. How did that movie have that many writers on it?
1: it I, I I don't know. I mean, seriously. They're all throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Is pretty much.
0: Well, you can have a very bad film with lots of writers. Uh, that, the number of writers is not an indication of how good or bad the film was. In this case, it the more
1: writers bad. you have, probably the, the, the less likely your movie is to be good. So anyway,
0: Daniel Kaluuya, very deserving, a very strange acceptance speech that embarrassed his mother and sister, but uh, not a big surprise. My only
2: Here- critique about him winning Mm-hmm. It wasn't a supporting role. It was well, a lead role.
0: It, that's and
2: a, so it's a little cheating. He was the best performance of all those that were nominated. But was he really a supporting actor? He's the face on the poster.
1: Isn't, isn't, I wouldn't have minded yeah. seeing Paul Racy win in the category. Like, honestly, as good as Riz Ahmed was in Sound of Metal, I think Paul Racy may have been even better.
0: Well, let's put it this way. This is an old discussion in Hollywood about the Motion Picture Academy and how they designate supporting and lead actors. It's always been a political thing. You know, we want to make sure this actor gets uh, some recognition. Can't fit him in a lead category, let's stick him in the supporting role if we think we can. Cast away
2: Tom that. Hanks for best supporting actor. You know, yeah. Wilson was really the lead yeah. and Tom Hanks for supporting actor.
0: Let's move on to international feature film because all three of us I think have seen another round. I really like this film, and, and I think uh, it's it's good to see that a, a very high quality film like that was nominated, and in fact won. And I think the maybe the most poignant time of the whole Oscar program was was when uh, when the director talked about the loss of his daughter, who was supposed to to star in the film. I thought that may have been the most poignant uh, time uh, during the Oscar broadcast. So. Uh, that's a film we both liked. Uh, Adam, I know you liked Another Round.
2: Yeah. Um, I didn't see the other nominees, so it kind of feels cheating for me to say. But it also it, it's worth noting that the director of Another Round was also nominated for Best Director. So you kind of had a sense that it was destined to win. I really liked the movie. And in fact, I have an idea. If they were going to bring back some of the magic, it's too late now. They didn't have any musical performances. They should have just had a part of Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> dancing to that song at the Oscars. Everyone I would have that enjo- for an hour and a half. And everyone <laughs> would have enjoyed it.
0: Nothing like a dr- well, was portraying a drunk man trying to <laughs> dance. And uh that was yeah, that was Matt did a great job. That that was a good film, deserving uh winner of of the uh, international film feature. I just want to touch on a couple of other ones very quickly. Uh, uh, the father one for uh, writing and and screenplay. I underst- I mean, again, I haven't seen the father. I hear that was very deserved. Any thoughts from either of you on that? so um
2: it's a real just to give a little thing about it. it's a story about uh, a father who has Alzheimer's, and um what they not to give away anything, but I'll give you a little taste. Um, the viewer becomes confused about what's going on similar to the father and it kind of puts you in the mindset of someone who has Alzheimer's. They, they change actors and actresses. They s- tell stories out of order and they do that. So you, the viewer are feeling the same kind of confusion that Anthony Hopkins feels. Um, it was a really strong screenplay. It's always tough with adapted screenplay because especially it's a playwright who took their own play. How much do they actually change? And, should they be faulted if nothing was really changed that much from the play to the the stage or the for the uh, the um, from the stage to the screen? I don't know. I mean, is it is it the art of adapting it or is it the original source material that deserves the Oscar? I'm not sure.
0: Well, I think it is a a, a great art work of, of art when you take uh, something that is meant for the stage and and try to put it on the screen and not make it seem stagey. Uh, you've seen a lot of films, which okay, I can tell this was a stage production. It just looks stagey. Uh, taking that stage production and making it into a film people can identify with, I think that is something worth uh, recognizing. But I think your point's well taken, Adam. Just how much of the creative part was was with the uh, the original artist? Um, any thoughts, Alec? Oh,
1: well, it was a great movie. Thought it had a great script. I wasn't sorry to see it win. Uh, I'm more interested in the original screenplay category.
0: And I'm just I'm, this is my last point before I, I turn to you to t- make other comments. Uh, I know Promising Young Woman was the film you really uh, was were pushing for a number of awards. It did win the original screenplay award for Emerald F- Fennell, uh, so I'm sure you're happy to see that. Uh, tell us why you think that that story, the writing in that story, was so strong.
1: I just think she's incredibly talented. Not only is she a filmmaker, she's also an actress. She is on The Crown. She plays Camilla Parker Bowles on there. Um, Just to deal with the serious subject matter that she dealt with, with as much humor and as entertainingly as she did, it was a tightrope act that uh, I don't think many people could have achieved. I often think of the original screenplay as kind of the cool kid in the room award. Tarantino always seems to win it. Um, I I think she's going to be doing interesting and edgy work for for some time to come.
0: So, Adam, your thoughts on the original screenplay Oscar for Promising Young Woman?
2: So there's a lot of people who didn't like the movie Promising Young Woman. I liked it. Um, I didn't think it was the best film of the year. But what I appreciated about it is it took risks and it had a point of view. And it maybe was ambitious and maybe it didn't stick the landing 100% perfectly for everyone, but that happens when you take a risk and you do something different. There are a lot of films out there that I enjoy, but are generally very safe. They're, they're not going to offend anybody. Uh, Green Book was that way. Green Book was a safe movie. It was uh, made everybody feel good and didn't challenge your ideas about racism. It was uh, something you could take your grandmother to see. I wouldn't – I don't know if many people want to take their grandmother to see Promising Young Woman with them, but that's okay.
1: I took my grandmother to see Sexy Beast because she liked Ben Kingsley and Gandhi, and that worked out great for me.
2: (laughs) But, you know, I thought – comment on that. I thought thought it was an interesting movie that raised really good ideas. And you know what was really good about um, Promising Young Woman is that you would have a conversation afterwards. It may be a difficult conversation. But it forced you, if you watched it with someone else, to, to kind of talk about the movie and, and uh, how it relates to real life.
0: All right, I, those are the uh, categories I chose to talk about. Uh, let me uh, give each of you a chance to talk about anything else or any other category that may have uh, brought your attention. I'm going to ask Adam to start that.
2: So the one Oscar my wife was uh, concerned about, and they didn't even show it, was Best Original Song. Uh, they did that at the same time as score. And by the way, Soul won best score and was very deserving. John Batiste, who's the band leader for the Stephen Colbert show, along with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, shared that honor. The movie had two different types of musical styles, and that, for an animated film, that had a very beautiful score. But best song, there was a couple of nominees. Leslie Odom Jr. I thought was the favorite because he was also nominated in acting. He'd, one for Hamilton, a Tony. I thought, okay, they're going to give it to him. It's, it's going to make sense. They gave it to her, H-E-R, which I wasn't familiar with her. I guess she's an Indianapolis native who is an R&B singer. So it's cool to have an Indianapolis connection there. My wife, though, was really pushing for the song from Eurovision Song Tour, the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's streaming on Netflix. It isn't the funniest movie in the world. But it actually has really good song and dance numbers, kind of like a better version of Pitch Perfect, uh, but with original songs. And they did not do the live performances of songs at the Oscars this year, which is a disappointment. But we found out, I guess, during the pre-show, they had pre-recorded live versions of the song and they had a really cool performance of the song from Eurovision. In Iceland, because the movie takes place in Iceland, with all these Icelandic children with their coats on, sitting out by the water, singing like a children's choir, fireworks going off. And after watching that, I said, man, I got to see if there's some cheap flights to Iceland. Iceland seems like a cool place to go.
1: I had it on in the bar last night while I was working. I, my shift kind of butted right up against the Oscars, and people in the bar were asking me, what the hell do you have on the television set right now? These children in sweaters singing. They thought I was super weird having it on. But
0: well, it is straight It's for a bar, <laughs> that
1: might be a strange thing, but <laughs> Hey, I sure. was trying to get hyped. I was trying to get ready for the Oscars. I was excited.
0: Well, you certainly succeeded in that. Okay, Alec, I'll give it to you. Uh, any final – observations thoughts or uh, oscar comments
1: out of left field it didn't win its category but i was very happy to see a a smaller movie called love and monsters nominated for best special effects it did lose to tenant movies available on video now very charming movie good for the whole family i would highly recommend it
0: well, i think we've uh, we've got the oscars covered here uh, i want to ask one last thing before we go it looks like the vaccination rate is up. I think it's about 30% nationally just under that. Uh, it, and so, we're still waiting for people to get their second shots in many cases. So that's going to go up, although now it looks like we're dealing with the last bastion of resistance on uh, on people who'd say they don't want to, to, to be um, inoculated. So it looks like movie theaters are going to be opening. Regal has been closed for a long time. It looks like there's an opening on the horizon there. Uh, there are uh, there are still theaters that are closed on Monday and Tuesdays, for example, and have cut back the number of showings, number of screens that they're opening up. So uh, let me let me ask Adam to start this one. Um, do you think uh, after Francis McDormand's speech and just is there a hunger out there for people to go back to the movie theater, or do you think people are perfectly satisfied to watch their big screen theaters at home?
2: So I think I'm, you've heard I've been a little pessimistic about the state of movie theaters in the past. I'm a little more optimistic now because I think more people are going. And I think some of that has to do with having better movies, or maybe not better, because uh, Mortal Kombat is one of them, but, uh, which Alec <laughs> can give us a review of. But more exciting movies that draw people to the theater, uh, I think Godzilla versus Kong did very respectable. Not better movies, bigger movies. Bigger, you're right. Well, yeah, Texas bigger is better, so, but we're (laughs) in Indiana. Um, But uh, Mortal Kombat is bringing people out. I saw people posting on Facebook they were going to see the movie. I think I haven't seen what the box office numbers were for it yet, but um, I'm sure it did all right.
1: I think there was some anime movie that was making as much or more than Mortal Kombat over the weekend. I forget the title of the movie, but it it seemed like it was doing Buku Bucks.
2: But of course, those two films you could watch at home on uh, HBO. And I think for the most of the summer, any kind of Warner Brothers movie is going to have that option. Any Disney movie, you can watch it at home, but pay another $30, which I know some people do. Um, But the real test, I think, is going to be Black Widow, the Marvel movie in July. If that movie bombs or falls short of expectations then it's going to be a while before movie theaters come back. That's one that I think will draw people out, especially it's either watch it in a theater or spend $30 on Disney. Some people with young kids are going to pick the 30 bucks, but they may not have gone out anyways. But I think a lot of um, people who've been vaccinated uh, in their twenties and above people who don't have kids, Marvel movies appeal to a lot of people. I think it'll make hundreds of millions at the box office. Here's
0: what here's what you do with a Disney film that costs thirty bucks. What you do is get all the kids in the neighborhood and get all the parents to chip in to pay the thirty bucks, so all the kids in the neighborhood could watch it at one time. That's what you're going to have do, to do.
2: Larry, uh, your 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 kids are in their their twenties now, right? Mm. Do you remember what it was like to have a bunch of children over at your house at once? I'm simply saying it's economically. I'll feasible. pay I for the movie was, theater. I,
0: I didn't say it was a good idea. <laughs> No, I. Have two do- you want to have I, look? I have two I, kids over. I have two daughters. You got a, a daughter that's two. You have a lot to look forward to. That's all I can say. Okay. <laughs> and and that your daughter's adorable. She's going to be wonderful. But it's still going to there's still going to be challenges. Okay, Alec. Uh, he Adam already mentioned Mortal Kombat. and I must say I've not seen it, but I've seen reviews. It's rare that I have found a film with the range of reviews. Some people think it's awful. Some people love it. Where do you come down?
1: I'm kind of in between. Um, I gave it two and a half out of five stars. And I was probably a little kinder to it uh, due to nostalgia and my own enjoyment of the video games. Um, There is some fun violence in the movie. If you like violence, there's plenty of it. Uh, There is an actor named Josh Lawson. He's an Australian actor. He plays a character named kano in the movie i thought he was quite good um there's not a whole lot to it i think there's it's a lot of uh, table setting for future installments i think some of the movies down the pike may be better there may actually be a real fighting tournament in subsequent movies um but it was okay
2: so, so do you, i watched it uh uh so on HBO Max, they that's where the Mortal Kombat came out. And prior to coming out, they were put on their popular movies that a lot of people are watching right now. And it was Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is not the original from 97. It's like the sequel or I think... I think it was from it was 97. Some, the original was, was
1: from 95.
2: Yeah. So I put it on while I was doing something else. I was like, okay, I'll just put this on. I've forgotten how Mortal Kombat Annihilation is one of the worst but also awesomely bad movies ever made. Like Larry, you would enjoy it. Like the special effects are terrible. The acting is awful. Um yes it's it's mid late 90s, but there's no excuse for what the movie is. But um after watching that, I'd have a hard time thinking when that the new Mortal Kombat could be any worse. Than uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that one set the bar
1: pretty low. Would okay. you rather watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation or music again?
2: Mortal Kombat Annihilation is fun. You can make fun of how bad it is. Music, you watch it and you just you just feel dirty.
1: You question so, humanity, and we're offended by it.
2: Yeah, there's some movies that are they call them awesomely bad. Yeah, sure. Like the room or you know I'm
1: fluent in these movies. This is what I write about every (laughs) weekend.
2: And they're enjoyable. You know, Mac and Me is a perfect one, the E. T. ripoff with the little puppet. You watch it and you laugh at how bad the special effects are and you you enjoy it. You enjoy the hour and
1: a half McDonald's commercial.
2: Then there are films that are just bad. And the music was just bad.
0: One last question for Alec. Uh, Mortal Kombat, a film that needs to be seen uh, to be appreciated in any way in a movie theater, or is it okay at home?
1: I watched it prior to release. Um, The copy I got wasn't the best. I would like to see it again. I'd like to see it on a bigger screen if possible, Um, maybe with some friends and a few drinks beforehand, I think would be the way to do it.
0: Okay, quickly, we're almost an hour here, so that's about the limit for us. Uh, any final comments on anything? I'll give Adam the first shot.
1: Um,
2: no, I've watched some old movies. I mean, the old movies are keeping me going. I, d- I tried to make a list, you may have seen it on my Facebook, of uh, all of the best picture winners mm-hmm. and where I would rank them among the best Best picture winners ever. And I know that, is, uh, that could be an hour-long discussion right there. But I will just say when I made my ranking, like the top 10 was like Godfather, Schindler's List, Casablanca, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, On the Waterfront, Silence of the Lands, Lawrence of Arabia, The Apartment, No Country for Old Men. And then I put in like The Departed, Moonlight, Gone with the Wind. Those were all pretty high up there. Among the worst ones, you have the old films like cavalcade and wings and broadway melody but a few more recent ones like the english patient crash and uh uh beautiful mind and out of africa those are the worst best picture winners winners in my mind i made a full list um best picture is not always the best movie remember that people
0: well, that's true, and it it, it also can, you know, an outstanding film might have been each eclipsed by another very good film in that year. So just because you didn't win Best Picture doesn't mean it might even be a classic film. Uh, Alec, your final thoughts, if any.
1: I guess I'll throw this out real quick. I did watch one of the other international uh, Best Film offerings yesterday. It is available on Hulu. All the best uh, foreign film options are on Hulu, and I believe they're on Amazon Prime as well. I saw somebody post that. I watched the uh, offering from Hong Kong, a movie called Better Days. It is about uh, bullying in schools. I found the movie to be very powerful, even though it's kind of long. It's about two hours and 15 minutes. I could use about 15 minutes trimmed off, but uh, really good performances, really dynamic movie. I would recommend it.
0: Gentlemen, uh, it's been a whole hour. We've covered a lot, and uh, we hope that this will be an interesting year in films. It has, of course, just begun. Uh, we're only in April, and there's a lot yet to be seen. And the f- theaters, are some are still open, more are open. Let's hope there are more showings on the way. And with that, I want to thank you all for for watching and listening our GreatAMovies.com podcast. You just heard from Adam Austin and Alec Toombs, the two A's on GreatAMovies.com, where you can find their reviews. You can find my reviews uh, in... Uh, in platform form in terms of podcasts at LarryInFishers.com. Just look for the Arts and Fishers podcast. So again, we hope you all are doing well. Thank you for listening and watching, and I would ask you all to please be safe and be kind.